You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, this Tic Tac Tuesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is presented by by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. It is a tick Tack Tuesday, and that means it is time for this week's Tick Tack Four Pack. So I'm going to go over the four most impactful plays from the Titans' loss on Sunday Night Football to the Green Bay Packers and break them down from an X's and O's perspective. And a lot of what I saw in these four most impactful plays tells the story overall about what the Titans failed to do in this game. So excited to jump into this week's Tic Tac 4-pack. Remember, I do put up my visual film breakdown that goes along with this audio breakdown on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans. So follow me there so that you do not miss that content as well. But before we dive into the film room and check out this week's Tic Tac 4-pack, gotta talk about some roster news that the Titans got on Monday that is potentially very concerning going forward. And in true Tennessee Titans fashion, would be a big issue if it were to impact them on game day in week 17 with a playoff spot on the line. So we will get into that news as well, what it means for the Titans right now and what could come next if it were to impact them on game day. So a Tic Tac Tuesday here on the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it. Coming off an embarrassing loss to the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night football, the Titans got salt in the wound on Monday when they learned that their starting kicker, Steven Goskowski, would be placed on the COVID-19 reserve list. The question now becomes, what does that mean for Goskowski's status in Sunday's critical game with the playoffs on the line against the Houston Texans? Well, it depends. Was Goskowski the person who tested positive himself? If that was the case, then Goskowski obviously would miss the game on Sunday against the Texans. But if Goskowski was just exposed to the virus by being a close contact to someone who was tested positive, then his status based on negative test results and quarantining could be positive as he could go ahead and join the Titans and play in that game on Sunday. So that news as to whether it's Goskowski himself who has tested positive or if he's just a close contact hasn't been announced yet and it will make the biggest difference for the Titans. But the reality is this puts his status in uncertain territory and Goskowski, despite being much maligned by the Titans fan base throughout the year, has been excellent for the Titans coming off a historically bad kicking season in 2019. He made multiple game-winning kicks early in the year despite struggles, but on the year, Goskowski has been relatively solid. 18 for 26. He is 7 of 8 on field goals plus 50 yards. 
46 of 48 on his extra points. He made some big kicks in some big games for the Titans this year. 7 of 7 on all of his kicks in the win against Indianapolis. 4 for 4 on all his kicks in the win against the Baltimore Ravens. 7 for 7, including 6 made field goals in the game against the Minnesota Vikings in Week 3. So, despite the negative feelings from the fan base that Goskowski has garnered throughout the season, he has been a constant for them after a season of upheaval last year that saw five different kickers and a 44% field goal make percentage. So overall, Goskowski has been a very solid piece of the Tennessee Titans team this year, but if he cannot go in this game, enter practice squad kicker Sam Sloman. And Sloman was a seventh round draft pick by the Los Angeles Rams in the 2020 draft. He did play in seven games overall for the Rams this year before being waived. And then ultimately the Titans picked him up onto their practice squad for a situation just like this. But in those seven games, Sloman was eight for 11 on his field goal attempts. He was 18 for 21 on his extra point attempts. Now the only real concern here other than those those numbers are okay in a limited opportunity but one thing that is a trend for Sloman is he had one blocked field goal attempt and two blocked extra points so in the only 32 total kicks he's had in the NFL three of those have already been blocked that's something that the Titans will certainly have to pay attention to if he ultimately does suit up and kick for them on Sunday but it's not just about putting the ball through the uprights a big portion of playing kicker in the NFL has to to do with forcing touchbacks on kickoff so that you don't give your team or the opposing team a great opportunity for a good return and good field position. And that's somewhere where Sloman could be a little bit better. Out of his 37 kickoffs on the year, he's only had a touchback on 59.5% of those. Now, of course, certain coaching staffs and special teams units do different things on kickoff, so he could have been asked to precision kick and try to make the, the returner bring the ball out and try to kick it within the the first 10 yards on those kickoffs. So that's possible as well, but you want to know that Sloman will be able to kick the ball out of the back of the end zone and prevent a return if he is asked to do it. So whether or not Sloman gets the call here, whether or not Goskowski has tested positive himself or is a close contact, those all remain to be seen. But salt in the wound for the Tennessee Titans, who could be without their starting kicker for the first time all year in a game against a division rival with the playoffs on the line. What is more Tennessee Titans than having to deal with those circumstances? So what happens next remains to be seen, but a big piece of news for the Titans coming out on Monday. Obviously, I will keep you guys updated throughout the week in what the actual outcome is. We should have more news on that by tomorrow's show, so hopefully I'll be able to report at the beginning of the show what exactly is the status of Goskowski. A lot of you guys hated on Goatkowski throughout the year, but how you feeling now? I would hate to go out there on Sunday. I just know for a fact that the Titans' playoff fate would come down to some kick. It, it would. It just would if they're able or if they're unable to have Goskowski out there. We all know it. We can feel it. As soon as I saw the news, I, I could feel it in my bones. That would be the outcome. So uh, hopefully he's able to go. Hopefully he hasn't tested positive himself, but uh, I will bring you that news later on in the week. But it is time to step into the film room. We have a Tic Tac four pack to get into where I break down the four most impactful plays from that loss to the Packers from an X's and O's perspective. And I think a lot about what I saw on these plays is a microcosm of what got the Titans beat 
throughout the entire game. So excited to dive into that with you guys. Make sure that you follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans so you can check out the visual breakdown that I will be posting on Tuesday evening to go along with this audio breakdown. Also, Got a rewatch Wednesday coming up tomorrow, a crossover Thursday with Cody and John from Locked On Texans on Thursday, a game preview football Friday on the first day of 2021. Hopefully it's a better year for everybody. So make sure that you subscribe to the Locked On Titans podcast so you get your Monday through Friday Titans content throughout 2021, including the entire offseason. So make sure that you're locked in to the Locked On Titans podcast. But let's jump into our Tick Tack four pack for week 16. Before we do, want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. Are you ready for some football? College football heads, it's bowl season. The big playoff matchups are coming up this weekend. The NFL regular season is finishing up. The playoffs are right around the corner. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we here at the Locked On Podcast Network trust. That is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON, one word, LOCKEDON, for your 50% welcome bonus. The NFL playoffs are here. College football's top games have arrived. The NBA season has tipped off. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on, one word locked on, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And when you go to betonline.ag to make things a little bit more interesting, make sure that you listen to the Locked On Bets podcast, a new podcast from the Locked On Podcast Network. All of the best gambling information you can get, how to play spreads, how to play over-unders, the money line, all from your boy Q who does the Locked On Raiders podcast. He does a great job with this new podcast as well. So make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast today. Tic-Tac Tuesday. So let's step into the film room and take a look at this week's Tic-Tac 4-Pack where I break down the four most impactful plays from the loss to the Packers from an X's and O's perspective. Make sure that you follow me on Twitter at Tic-Tac Titans to check out the visual film breakdown that I will be putting up on Tuesday evening to go along with this audio breakdown on the show today. So let's dive into this Tic-Tac 4-Pack. And the very first play, it's something that I don't normally do, but I feel like because of how important this play was based on circumstance and context, and then just how stupid it was to do this, I I have no choice but to talk about this play. This was one of the four most impactful moments in this ballgame. So let me set the stage for you here, if I will. Three minutes left in the first quarter, still early in the game. Only six to nothing. It's only six to nothing. The Titans are still roundly in this game. Green Bay is on the 35-yard line, so 65 yards to go. They're not close to scoring a touchdown. The Titans have them on a third and 10. The Packers, the Titans got the Packers to a third and long situation. So they're in a really great spot here, really great spot, and all they got to do is get this stop, get the ball back to the offense, and see if they can kind of get things going a little bit. It's not a bad spot being down 6 to nothing on the road. So the Packers come out in shotgun formation. They have a running back in the backfield, A.J. Dillon, 
and they're in three wide receiver, one tight end. They bring a guy in motion from the left-hand side to the right-hand side, and there's really not a lot to schematically break down from here. The Titans are in a zone coverage. They bring a little bit of a pressure with five guys up the middle, but the Packers run a running back screen, so they try to take advantage of the Titans expecting them to be in man. The Titans aren't in man, so that that's good. Zone, you, you got defenders with eyes to the ball. They can get to the screen. They can see the screen. They're not just so focused on their man that they run away from the screen. Well, the Titans are in zone, so that's good schematically. Good start to go against the screen on third and long. But one thing that happens here is Jeffrey Simmons does a great job of sniffing out the screen. He's been really, really good at that this year. It's a really good part of his game. And since he hasn't really developed as a pass rusher at this moment in time through one and a half seasons, it's good that he's able to add some value there by being excellent at sniffing out these screens and not, you know, letting the Titans get hurt really bad by those. So excellent play here by Jeffrey Simmons to sniff out the screen. Now, what happens here, though, is Rashawn Evans on this play, is that defensive tackle on the right-hand side, which is where the running back screen ultimately goes to. So, as the play happens, the snap happens, it's a running back screen, so of course there's, you know, that the, the beginning moments of the screen where they're trying to make it look like a regular pass play and set things up. Rashawn starts his pass rush, and he goes against the guard, and it's the tackle and the guard one one on two against Rashawn. Rashawn gets through the guard and then goes over to the tackle when he realizes, oh, this is a screen. Instead of rushing upfield against this guard, I need to start going out to the flat where the running back is going to be. Well, the tackle is sitting there waiting for him, David Bakhtiari. And this is something that's come up quite a bit throughout my tape study throughout the year. Rashawn Evans is good at penetrating the line of scrimmage, aggressively coming downhill and trying to take out a running back. What he's not good at is disengaging from a block. Once a lineman gets their hands on Rashawn Evans, he's done. He's done. And and in both the plays that are going to be in this Tic Tac 4-pack, we're going to talk about how Rashawn Evans can't get off blocks. Once you touch him, he's done. Get hands to him and he's done. So the tackle has Rashawn Evans here, and Rashawn is frustrated. He can't get off the block, and he basically throws a punch, not a literal punch that he should have been thrown out for, but a punch in a football sense with his left hand trying to disengage with his left arm to get to the right-hand side and make a play on the running back. Well, he just puts his hand right into the bottom of the face mask of the offensive tackle. And as you guys know, he was called for hands to the face. But here's where I really get frustrated, and these are the type of things that are just unacceptable. Just unacceptable. You can't get off blocks. Okay, you're a starting linebacker. That's We got to do what we got to do. But Rashawn Evans disengages from the face, the bottom face mask of the tackle. Jeffrey Simmons makes the stop on the running back. And as the tackle goes to re-engage with him, even as the play is ending, Rashawn's first instinct again is to hit him right in the bottom of the face mask again in the same spot. Okay, you're getting blocked. You're trying to disengage. You shoot your punch, trying to hit the lineman in the chest to create some separation. You hit him in the face mask. All right, Rashawn. All right, you tried. But to go back and instantly do it again, it's like, hey, ref, you didn't see that? Check this out. I mean, it's just lunacy. It's lunacy. It, I, on a third and ten. What do you think happens next, guys? Titans are down six to nothing. The Packers get a second chance at life. 
The Titans were only going to get a few, just a few third and long opportunities in this game. They had to take advantage of them. I thought the Titans needed turnovers to win this game, let alone blowing third and longs where they get to stop stupid penalties going back and doing it twice, putting your hand in the cookie jar twice. It's it's flagrant. It's what it is. Oh, it's so frustrating. Usually I go back and watch the film, and I feel a little bit better about games afterwards. This is not a game where I feel better about it. I'm more angry at what I saw. So that's play number one. The Titans get a great stop on third and 10, a great play by Jeff Simmons to sniff out a screen, and Rashawn Evans twice acts like an idiot and puts his hand on the face mask of David Bakhtiari, all because he's frustrated that he can't get off a a block, which he can't do ever anyways. So, of course, the Packers take advantage, go down the field, score their second touchdown, and it's 12 to nothing. So, let's get into play number two in the first part of our Tic Tac 4-pack. This is the offensive drive directly after the Packers scored to put it up 12 to nothing. So the Titans still have a great opportunity to respond here. There's 14 minutes left in the second quarter. Get a touchdown on the board. It's 12 to 7. You're right in there. You're right in there. You can do it. It's still a game. So here's an example, though, on this play of how the Packers won schematically against the Titans. So, one thing is, the Packers treated Anthony Ferkser as a wide receiver. The Titans try to get certain personnel packages from the defense out on the field by using multiple tight ends, and in this scenario, the Titans are trying to get nickel package with two linebackers and five defensive backs out on the field by having Anthony Ferkser as a tight end, but the Packers said, hey, he's just a slow wide receiver, which is actually the truth. They saw it on tape. So, they put six defensive backs out there as if the Titans had four wide receivers when Ferkser was out there. So, also, you can tell by the route combinations here that the Titans are expecting man coverage. So, what they want is Anthony Ferkser is on the right side of the field with Cam Batson. You have Corey Davis and A.J. Brown on the left-hand side of the field. Well, like I said, the Packers are treating Anthony Ferkser as a wide receiver. So, Jair Alexander is playing zone coverage on the side of the field that Ferkser is on. One, the Titans expected man coverage, which is why they put Ferkser on the right-hand side thinking they would get a linebacker out over top of him and could throw an out route to the sticks and get the first down with a good matchup on Ferkser, maybe even a safety. They also thought they might get a good matchup in the opposite slot with A.J. Brown in man coverage, but the Packers beat them schematically and they run zone. So the the slant from A.J. in the slot on the left-hand side, is covered by a linebacker in zone. And then Jair Alexander is playing the flat and playing the outside zone to Anthony Ferkser. So Ryan Tannehill takes the snap. He instantly wants to throw the out route to Ferkser, but he's covered by Jair Alexander, one of the best corners in the league. He's not open. That's a schematic win for the Packers on defense. Then, Ryan Tannehill tries to go to his second read, which is that slant by A.J. Brown over the middle. Now, once the if you don't throw a slant quickly, basically it just becomes a crosser because A.J. Brown continues to go across the middle of the field and he's got a guy trailing him right behind him. Now here's the thing, this play could have been a touchdown. If you, When you watch the visual breakdown, if Ryan Tannehill is able to step up into this throw and put a little bit of touch on it and get it over the defender's head who cuts in front of A.J. Brown, A.J. might catch this and go down the field for a touchdown because he's perfectly in between Jair Alexander, who's out at the sideline close to Anthony Ferkser, and then the deep safety in the middle of the field. But the problem is, 
Rashawn Gary took David Questenberry and pushed him into Ryan Tannehill's lap. And if you see the visual breakdown, I'll zoom in on it. Ryan Tannehill is unable to step up into the throw. He has no juice, no power on the throw. He's trying to make a play because the Titans are down 12 to nothing and it's third down. If they give the ball back to the Packers, the game is over. So he's, he instead of taking the sack, he throws the ball. He can't step up. He doesn't have enough arm strength. It's too short. The Packers defender is able to undercut it. The safety, Darnell Savage, it's an interception. The Packers get the ball. They go straight down the field. They score again, 19 to nothing, and the game is almost entirely salted away. So that's how the Titans ended up down 19 to nothing. Those are the two biggest impactful plays that I saw and schematically what happened. Let's move in to the second part of our Tic Tac 4-pack for Week 16. Going to break down Plays 3 and Plays 4 next. Before we get into that, want to tell you guys about how you can break through your mental or physical wall every single day, and that is the best workout gel on the market from Built Go, the guys who gave you the best protein bar in the universe, Built Bar. And Built Go comes in an easy-to-take 1.5-ounce package, easy to put in your briefcase, your golf bag, or even your pocket. Like I said, it's the best workout gel on the market because it's like a five-hour energy, but without the crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's basically like you drink a monster drink, but it's got a third of the caffeine and even better results. As you know, the people over at Bill always give you delicious flavors. You got peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate, mint, and the workout gel doesn't just give you an energy boost, but it's also combined with collagen protein, which is fast absorbing, gets into your system quick. It's easy on your stomach. It's also loaded other than just with that collagen protein with a bunch of other great stuff as well. Beta alanine, B3, honey, that kick of caffeine, B6, B12. So make sure that you visit BuiltGo.com and use promo promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Once again, use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGoat.com. Let's go. Let's round off this Tic Tac Tuesday by getting into part two of our Tic Tack four pack where I'm going to break down play three and play four from an X's and O's perspective. Remember to check out the visual breakdown that I will be putting up on my Twitter at Tic Tac Titans that should drop on Tuesday evening. Also, make sure you check out the Peacock and Williamson show from the Locked On Podcast Network, two of the most intelligent minds in the football cognoscenti, going over everything that took place in week 16. So let's dive into play three and play four from this tic-tac four pack and play number three is that Adams touchdown that was set up by the interception Devontae Adams second touchdown on the day for the Packers that finally put them up 19 to nothing in the first half now the the thing about this play that's frustrating to me is it's execution but it's also scheme. Scheme is also a problem here. So what we see is the Packers are in a, a twin slot on the right-hand side. So that means two wide receivers on the right-hand side. They have one wide receiver on the left-hand side with Robert Tunyon on the left-hand side of the formation. The wide receiver, though, as you see with Corey Davis, is condensed. So the Alan Lazard in this circumstance is actually in between Robert Tunyon and the left tackle David Bakhtiari. So a condensed formation with three wide receivers uh, on the seven-yard line here, trying to score first and seven. And 
Little resistance. So this is an RPO, which I warned you guys last week that we should be very worried about. This is a run play. You can tell because the two wide receivers on the right-hand side, the outside wide receiver is Devontae Adams. The inside wide receiver goes to block on this play. He goes to block Desmond King, who's in front of him. This is a run play. But Rodgers sees that he's got Devontae Adams one-on-one outside against Dory Jackson, his whipping boy for the day. And he's like, oh, I'm throwing this. No chance. And why wouldn't he? So here's what's frustrating. This is man coverage. And Kevin Byard is the deep safety. And he is shaded over to the wide receiver side with the two wide receivers. Because he knows that Devontae Adams is the biggest threat. The Titans basically had safety help over top of Devontae Adams from the first drive going forward. And it did nothing. And you'll see why here. Some of this is coaching. Some is execution. So one, Kevin Byard is on the inside of a Dory Jackson. Inside. He has inside safety help. What would you do if you had inside help? You might protect the outside because you know that's where you're vulnerable, to the outside. And here's a tip-off. Devontae Adams is the outside receiver, but he's got about 10 to 12 yards between him and the sideline. That's condensed stance. He's, he's brought in himself to give himself room on the outside. It's such a dead giveaway that the fade is coming. It's unbelievable. So Adoree Jackson's in man coverage, and I get it. Devontae Adams has a two-way go. He can break inside for the slant. He can break out for the fade. So Adoree is, is head up on him. But the thing is, you have inside help with Kevin Byard, and Kevin Byard is staring at Devontae Adams before the snap. So to me, I would at least do a little bit of outside leverage a little bit of outside leverage. And here's here's the next part. So that's schematic. Why don't the coaches have a Dorian at least a little bit of outside leverage on the outside shoulder shading him a little bit because that's where he's vulnerable if he's got inside safety help. Why? So that's coaching. Why is that the case? But here's where execution comes in. I mean, there's just really no other way to put it, but Adoree Jackson gets absolutely roasted. And my thing is, if you're going to get roasted on a fade route by Devontae Adams, so Devontae Adams, you know, snapped, takes a couple dribble steps, and then darts out to the outside. If you're Adoree and you're playing in press coverage, you're right on his face. Get a hand on him. Go out fighting. Adoree Jackson doesn't even touch Devontae Adams, and it's an easy pitch and catch like there isn't even a defender on the field for a touchdown. If you're going to give up that play, why not DPI? Pull his ass down. Sorry for cussing, but pull him down. Foul him. DPI. Don't give up the free touchdown and do nothing like you're not even there, like you're a ghost. Press him at the line of scrimmage. Adoree doesn't even try to get a hand on him at the line of scrimmage. If you're going to play press against Devontae Adams, who has some of the best releases in the NFL, you got to at least get a hand on him to disrupt timing. To disrupt the timing. Or why isn't Malcolm Butler on him to get physical with him at the line of scrimmage and then have safety help over the top? Why is this the plan? Why did Adoree Jackson get manned up on Devontae Adams all day when he's one of the least physical cornerbacks in the NFL? And if he's not going to be quick enough to keep up with Devontae Adams, at least try to be physical and put a hand on him. At least try. Effort, execution, schematically, it's embarrassing. It was embarrassing. So now it's 19 to nothing. And the Titans actually do a a decent job of trying to get back in this game. They get a stop on the Packers. You know, they got the sack on Rodgers in the first half by Wyatt Ray. They get the ball back. They go down and score before halftime. They get the ball coming out of halftime. They score. 
So now it's 19 to 14. The Titans are back in this game, ladies and gentlemen. There's a real chance here. But after the Titans score that touchdown, they basically lose all hope. I mean, hope is basically lost because the Titans give the ball back to the Packers, and what do they do on the very first play? Aaron Jones takes the ball 59 yards down the sideline. Now, let's talk about this because I know what everyone's going to say about this play. He stepped out of bounds. He stepped out of bounds. It shouldn't even have counted. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, Aaron Jones had about a 25-yard run before he stepped out of bounds. It was about 20 to 25 yards already. And quite frankly, when you look at the play, when I give you guys the visual breakdown that I'm going to be posting, the Titans deserved it. It was despicable. Run defense. Despicable. So, number one, first problem. What did I tell you guys in in my game preview? What did I talk to Peter about in the Crossover Thursday podcast? What did I talk about in the Rewatch Wednesday? I said the Titans need to create five-man fronts by playing 3-3 defensive personnel and having a safety or Desmond King at cornerback playing the second outside linebacker spot. That way, you have your edges covered because the Packers like to run to the edge and throw to the edge, but you also have two legitimate linebackers at the second level so that if the Packers do run to the inside, you have them there to help. Well, the Titans didn't do that at all. They, they didn't do it one time. They ran four-man fronts all day long. All day long, four-man fronts with four down linemen creating four three looks with a safety. The opposite of what I thought that they should do. They didn't run cover two at all. All day it felt like. I mean, at the very end they ran some cover. But the Titans came out and were playing cover three and man, all time. why would you run cover three and not cover two? It's like they didn't even watch the tape. This was a miserable game plan. An absolutely miserable game plan. Completely wrong on how you should attack this Packers defense. Completely wrong. I, I, I'm perplexed. And... And not only did the alignment that I'm talking about right here cost the Titans on this play, but also it's a first and 10. The Titans should be in cover two here watching for the RPO, but instead they're in man coverage. The Packers take, it's a run to the left. They take a wide receiver from the left. They motion them before the snap to the right, removes Desmond King from that side. So now you have an opening to the outside to the left. So great job by Matt LaFleur using pre-snap motion to manipulate the Titans' defense because they're in man coverage on first and ten like idiots. And then, then the execution kicks in. So the coaching has already put the Titans in a terrible spot. Now the execution from the players kicks in. So if you've been listening to me for the last few weeks, I've been telling you, Jack Crawford has been terrible on the edge. Teams have been attacking the Titans running on the edge. That's what Jacksonville was trying to do, and that's what the Lions tried to do as well, and the Lions had some success with it because Jack Crawford is terrible on the edge, and the Titans linebackers are over-aggressive and can't get off blocks, and that all takes place here. So the Packers run to the left-hand side out of shotgun. Aaron Jones is trying to go up the middle here. It's kind of blocked off. It is kind of blocked off because the Titans have David Long and Rashawn Evans right there waiting as they should, but throughout the day, a lot of the time, they were putting David Long or Rashawn Evans as an outside linebacker in a five-man front with five defensive linemen as an outside linebacker, and that's when they got beat a ton. So here, they're able to plug up the middle. Great job. Two linebackers in the middle at the second level. Wouldn't you know it? Well, Aaron Jones is a very good running back, so he sees it clogged up in the middle, and he starts to bounce to the left-hand side. Well, who's on the left-hand side on the edge at defensive line? 
Jack Crawford. And David Bakhtiari has him sealed from the inside because it's supposed to be an inside run at the beginning. Well, once Bakhtiari turns his head around while he's blocking Crawford, turns his head around, sees Aaron Jones starting to bounce it outside. So he just flips his butt, flips Crawford like like he's a freaking dummy out there. (laughs) And then Aaron Jones goes right around the edge. So Crawford doesn't hold his edge, can't get off the block. And at the second level, the guard has come off the ball, gotten to Rashawn Evans, and did the same thing to Rashawn. It's an inside run, so he's got his butt to where the center would be, and then he flips Rashawn. Rashawn cannot get off the block, takes a terrible pursuit angle to Aaron Jones anyway. He's never going to catch him if he goes that route. He's got to turn more upfield because Aaron Jones is so fast. And Just a terrible pursuit angle by Rashawn Evans, can't get off a block. Jack Crawford gets spun around like a top, like he's a tackling dummy, just being used as practice work for Bakhtiari. And then, and then, Alan Lazard is doing a great job of blocking Kenny Vaccaro down the field. It's really despicable what Kenny Vaccaro is doing here. Alan Lazard is on the inside of Kenny Vaccaro, who's trying to tackle Aaron Jones on the outside of him. And Kenny Vaccaro still can't get off the block. Adoree Jackson goes to tackle Aaron Jones. You guys know that moment. Because Aaron Jones is when he steps out of bounds going around Adoree Jackson. But Adoree, man, he's playing patty cake with Aaron Jones. He had 0% entrance, interest in actually tack, tackling Aaron Jones. He, had no, he wanted nothing to do with actually making that tackle. You can tell. Zero effort. He didn't try at all. He's like, oh, uh oh, there he goes. I, I stuck my hands out in front of me. I tried. So when you consider all of this has taken place right now, Aaron Jones hasn't stepped out of bounds yet. He's 20 yards downfield and all of this has taken place. The Titans deserved what happened to them. The refs didn't blow this game for the Titans. The Titans did. All this stuff I talked to you isn't the refs' fault. It's the Titans' fault. The coaching, I in every play, I talked about how it was a terrible plan by the coaches and then terrible execution by the players. This was a terrible game. Titans didn't do anything right from coaching or playing standpoint. So, very frustrating, but guys, that's how it happened. Terrible plan, terrible execution. Uh, I know it was a negative tic-tac four-pack today, but hey, whether it's a win or a loss, a tic-tac four-pack must be broken down. So, hope you guys enjoyed that tomorrow. Again, We're late in the season. I'm not going to spend all day giving you my rewatch notes from this game. I've explained a lot of it in today's Tic Tac 4-pack. So, I'll give you a condensed rewatch Wednesday with the Titans offense and defense in one segment. And then we will talk about, we'll do a little uh, way back Wednesday and talk about the last matchup against the Houston Texans to start our preparation for that game. So, that's what's coming up tomorrow. Make sure that you're subscribed to the Locked on Titans podcast. Check out the visual breakdown, my Tic Tac 4-pack going up on Tuesday night on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. But that's going to do it for me today. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.